Hello, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in to the Colorism Healing Podcast, where our goal is to learn, transform, and resist. What you're about to listen to is the audio version of my weekly live streams on Instagram and Facebook, which you are welcome to join every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Time. But for now, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to another weekly live with yours truly, Dr. Sarah Webb of Colorism Healing. Today's topic is the question, does colorism go both ways? So you all know that this conversation um, creates a lot of discussion. There's a lot of opinions, a lot of feelings and emotions about this question about colorism going both ways, aka reverse colorism. And so I definitely want to finally, I haven't, you know, specifically addressed that in any of these lives. I'm going to do that here today. Before I get started, I'm going to allow people to wave, say hello, let me know where you're tuning in from, where you're watching from. Um, and what the weather is like where you are. Those are like my classic questions and I feel like it's kind of a signature for me in terms of how I start my lives. <laughs> um, a few announcements. So one, and I posted these in my Instagram stories. So I am offering, you know, speaking, coaching, conversations like that um, on an ongoing basis. So I do one-on-one coaching. And I accept a very small number of clients, but I invite people to participate in an ongoing basis, on a rolling basis. So if you're ever interested in working one-on-one in terms of colorism, that could be working on your own implicit bias, working on healing from experiences with colorism, learning how to be an ally or an advocate around colorism, definitely contact me about that. But I also am offering group coaching this year. And so I have a small group of women who are ready to start in August. And so if you are looking to get on board, we do have a few spots left. And we got a very generous donation from AAC Boston. Um, And they are providing scholarships for two people. So if you're a dark-skinned woman who was hesitant to sign up or who was interested but on the fence about it for financial reasons, then please contact me about that. Um, so we have a couple of scholarships available to help dark-skinned Black women who want to benefit from this group coaching program, this program to talk about how to heal, how to get more peace around experiences with colorism. Very, very beneficial. So really thankful to AAC Boston for making those scholarships possible. All right. So have Sarah Bestwheel who was the person who contacted me, right, from AAC, AAC, thank you, Boston MA, we're waiting for thunderstorms. Oh, no. We had our thunderstorms last week here in uh, the Midwest. Um, Armando Rivera, 1989, better known as Jorge. (laughs) It has been so long now in NY. Weather cloudy and rainy. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's actually sunny here. It's on the cooler side, but I think it's like just really good kind of spring weather. Not really what I'm used to in the summertime. All right, so let's get started, shall we? And as always, you know, share your thoughts, your perspectives in the comments, right? So the question, does colorism go both ways? And I want to 
I have a lot to say about this topic. I'm gonna show you all my notes. <laughs> so just let me go ahead and jump in then, okay? Because there's a lot that I wanna say. But I, I broke it down into three different sections. So there are three big ideas that I wanna share when it comes to this question of whether or not colorism goes both ways. And so the first big idea is that how we define colorism really does matter. Hey, Issa Trey, how we define colorism really matters, right? And so a lot of people, a lot of people understand colorism as what certain individuals, how certain individuals treat other individuals. Right. And so they see it as a form of bullying, as a form of personal conflict. I was teased or this person didn't treat me right. And so folks who think of colorism that way are more likely to say, yes, colorism goes both ways. Right. Because they're only looking at it as a matter of being nice to people versus being mean to people. Right. However, um, thinking about colorism in that way, right? If that's how someone is framing or conceiving of colorism, it ignores the reality of privilege. And so I, what I'm encouraging, what I'm asking people to do is to shift away from thinking about colorism as an interpersonal conflict in terms of how certain individuals treat other individuals and think of it as a system in which there's a hierarchy based on skin tone, a social system that hierarchy, high, creates a hierarchy of skin tones, right? Where the lightest skin tones are at the top of that hierarchy and they benefit from that and they receive privileges as a result of that. And people with the darker skin tones are placed at the bottom of that hierarchy and they are marginalized and oppressed and denied certain access to things, to capital, to resources, to opportunities because of that. And it's also not just based in the social hierarchy. It's not just random, right? It's based in the idea, the ideology that white skin or light colored skin is inherently better than darker skin, right? That European phenotypes, eye colors, hair textures are inherently superior than Afro or indigenous phenotypes, than darker skin tones, than broader noses and kinkier hair textures, right? And so there is greater value placed on lighter skin in society, full stop, right? The social value, the social currency of skin tone places greater value, greater privilege allows greater access to for people with lighter skin tones, especially if they have other Eurocentric features along with that. Um, and the, on the same token, colorism is a system that devalues darker skin. So that's one, the first important thing is that we have to understand that colorism is a social hierarchy. That's what colorism is. We can talk about bullying, right, as a thing. Bullying, teasing, taunting, fighting, conflict, right? Those are um, actions or activities or behaviors that it don't, do not exist in a vacuum. 
they have context, right? And so colorism is a system in which lighter skin is placed at the top of the social hierarchy and darker skin is placed at the bottom of that social hierarchy. That's what colorism is. Colorism is not being taunted, right? Colorism is not um, being chased after school, right? These things are part of the system of colorism, but that is not colorism. In the same way, racism is not about the teasing, right? Or calling white people names or saying a white person looks pasty, right? Or being mean to a white person or not wanting to serve a white person even. If you are own a business or offer some kind of service and you're like, well, we don't want to work with you because we don't like white people, right? That is not racism, right? That is a personal vendetta. That is a personal um, prejudice. That is an in individual instance of dislike. I'm going to get to that because it's, it's bigger than that, right? It's not even just that. It's bigger than that, right? Um, but we have to think of all the isms, racism, classism, sexism as social hierarchies. A woman being mean to a man is not sexism. A poor person being mean to a wealthy person is not reverse classism. A poor person can steal a wealthy person's Ferrari. They can steal their wallet. They can rob their home. It's wrong. They should not do that. But it's not reverse classism. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> Joy Allen says, I told y'all she was doing a live. <laughs> yes, every Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Um, also, colorism and other social systems, colorism, racism, sexism, they're not just about the negative experiences. Colorism, just like racism and sexism and classism, are also about the privileges. That's, what, that's part of what makes them a system. A lot of times we talk about colorism in the form of, oh, well, these negative things happen to me. But we can talk about colorism just as often and all the negative things that don't happen to you. We can talk about colorism just as often in terms of all the benefits, all the extra access that you get, all of the opportunities that you get, all of the benefit of the doubt that you get, right? That's also part of that larger system. And I would say that for me, any privileged person who wants to ignore their privilege in a conversation about colorism is suspect, right? Any privileged person who wants to ignore or take their privilege out of the equation, right? Let's remove my privilege out of the equation in this conversation. That's suspect. Why? So the big thing is we have to stop thinking that colorism is just about schoolyard bullying. We have to stop thinking colorism is just, um, well, the dark-skinned girls didn't want to associate with me. We have to stop thinking that colorism is just about, oh, well, the dark-skinned girls pulled my hair because I had long, straight hair, right? Because I had good hair and they didn't, so they pulled my hair. That's not colorism. <laughs> and this leads me to my second point. Um, the protest is not the problem, a.k.a. 
The symptom is not the disease. Um, Jandel Crutch says, yes, an action is not reversing an entire system. Yes. Um, great analogies and explanations. Thank you. I'm trying to break it down. I'm really trying to like go step by step in this process. So the second big idea is that the protest is not the problem. The symptom is not the disease. So when a light-skinned person complains about being teased or taunted, they are looking at a symptom of the disease that is colorism. They're not looking at colorism. It's not actually colorism. So what do I mean by that? Um, one, well, I'll say one reason that, or one analogy, I'll start with the analogy first. We all know the white folks who complained about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Right. I don't I think it's disrespectful. They there are white people who really felt that Colin, Ka Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and the other NFL players who took knees during the national anthem was disrespectful. They did not like that response. They did not like that choice or that action. And yet that is a, the protest. Right. But for all those white people who complained about that protest, where is their critique about the problem of police killing unarmed black folks, right? And so what I see when I see light-skinned people complaining about um, dark-skinned people separating themselves or dark-skinned people, you know, excluding light-skinned folks or even dark-skinned people being resentful or distrustful of light-skinned folks, that is a symptom. Those are people's reactions to a problem. But... Where is the discomfort or the complaint or the critique of the source of that? Um, there are people who say, oh, well, the, the reason that these dark-skinned people are treating me this way is because they're jealous, because they're insecure. So I'm going to try something here, right? Because again, that is often used as it's weaponized, right? To say a dark-skinned person is jealous or insecure. So for light-skinned people who think that they're being mistreated by dark-skinned people because the dark-skinned person is insecure and jealous, I want you to answer this question. Why? Why would that dark-skinned person be insecure? Why would that dark-skinned person be jealous? You can't logically answer that question without acknowledging your privilege as a light-skinned person. So even, even if you say, or even if you believe with your whole heart that dark-skinned people will tease or be mean to light-skinned people because they're insecure and jealous, you can't even solve that problem without looking at the privileges afforded to light-skinned people due to colorism. Because seriously, ask yourself, if you believe that a dark-skinned person is jealous of you, go a step further and say, why? Why would they be jealous? And you're either going to do one of two things. You're going to have to acknowledge your privilege as a light-skinned person, or you're going to expose your own colorist beliefs. One of those two things is going to happen. Because you're either going to have to say, oh, they're jealous because... 
I'm afforded greater privileges in society as a light-skinned person. Or you're going to have to say they're jealous because they're ugly. They're jealous because they're not as cute as me. They're jealous because I'm cute and they're not. So however you answer that question, you're acknowledging colorism, either acknowledging your own colorism within yourself or acknowledging colorism in the society that would create those feelings in the first place. But again, that accusation, those accusations of dark-skinned people being jealous or insecure are also attempts to ignore the reality of light-skinned privilege. If we can say, oh, you are just a problem in and of yourself, it's almost like, okay, so did, did dark-skinned people just wake up insecure? We just woke up that way. We were just born insecure, right? You have to acknowledge that there's a social system that breeds that level of resentment or insecurity or jealousy that you might be perceiving. And it goes without saying that the vast majority of dark-skinned people do not take out their insecurities in a violent way or in a mean way. So what, another thing, right? So I've actually received backlash from acknowledging that there are dark-skinned people who do take it out on light-skinned folks, right? There are dark-skinned people who are so frustrated and so angry and so hurt by colorism that they resent light-skinned people who are privileged within the system of colorism. And so I'm not condoning any form of mistreatment. I'm not condoning or saying it's okay to bully light-skinned people. I'm not saying it's okay to, you know, pull a light-skinned girl's hair. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying that's not colorism. So we have to stop equating people's coping strategies to a system with that system itself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm being, I'm trying to be very measured because I know people are going to scrutinize this live in particular. All right. Um, let me wave at some folks. A, the protest is not the problem and you're succeeding, sis. Thank you. Thank you. Succeeding in breaking all this down, to be clear. Um, good point. Preach. Well said. You can't say that without looking toward the root. Um, this is why. The why is the hardest part for people to do. Absolutely. Now I'm just pretty says, I was told a few weeks back that I need to talk about all experiences when talking about colorism. Harpo, how does that work? <laughs> I, I believe you. I feel you. I know you um, said that. JV says, got it. You're telling it. Hey, sis, talking about this later. Um, okay, so you're doing a live tonight? No, I'm just pretty. Um, okay. Where else am I in my notes? Oh, so I was also saying how, um, just like for the white folks who critique um, Black Lives Matter protests, just like the white folks who critique, you know, NFL players taking a knee. I don't, I don't want to hear critiques from light-skinned people about how dark-skinned people respond to colorism if there's not the same energy about critiquing the colorism itself, right? So all that energy that you're putting into saying, well, these dark-skinned people need to be nicer to me. 
Where is that energy when it comes time to actually addressing the system of colorism? Um, and part of the distrust that a lot of dark-skinned people feel towards light-skinned people in general is we fail to see them really vocalize, critique, work to undo the system that privileges them. I mentioned this before. It's like, you know, that phrase, wanting your cake and eating it too, right? So light-skinned people who want dark-skinned people to just be nice to them, open them, open up our arms to them, just embrace them whole cloth, no questions asked, but also don't want to check their privilege, y'all are asking for too much, okay? In order for us to really repair the damage that's been done in terms of relationships between darker-skinned Black people and lighter-skinned Black people, we have to repair that trust and know that you're not going to ask of me to just open up my arms and embrace you when you are not willing to acknowledge your privilege at the very least, but then also to either leverage it in service to everyone else or to work to dismantle the system that privileges you. This, okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you, um, Edlyn. You said, and if you block those scrutinizing you, that also is not colorism. <laughs> no, that's called protecting your energy. <laughs> Issa Trey. Um, now I'm just pretty. I was told I was playing the victim, and they had to hold my composure because then I'm angry. LOL. Send help. Ooh. Whoa. Someone said you were playing the victim. Ooh. We need, to, we need to have a phone call about this. This seems really, really bad. Um, yes, but then hold your composure because if you're a dark-skinned person who um, vents, right, who goes on a rant, then you're just crazy or you're just angry, right? Um, so I, I do my part, right? So I've actually, like, coached like unofficially, like un informally coached dark-skinned girls on how to not focus their energy on a particular light-skinned person, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm, your, your anger about colorism is 100% valid. And I can teach you a more constructive way to express that anger and to channel that anger than trying to get back at this one particular light-skinned girl at your school or in your neighborhood, right? All of that, right? Like, you know, working with dark-skinned girls, especially like in, in school ages, school ages, about, you know, A, acknowledging that the way you feel is legitimate. We're not going to gaslight you and say you have no reason to be angry. We're not going to gaslight you and say that that resentment that you feel doesn't comes from nowhere. I really want people to ask, like, if if you think dark-skinned women are so angry at you as a light-skinned person, you really, really got to be honest about where that comes from. It does not exist in a vacuum. It's not random. They didn't just wake up one day and decide they wanted to, you know, be mean to a light-skinned girl today. All of that was born in the context of colorism. Um, and so I mentioned this on my Sunday post, to the degree that this backlash or these reactions are uncomfortable for you or harmful to you, 
then you have to address the system that gives rise to those reactions in the first place. Um, and then the third big idea that I have is the protest is not promoting dark skin as inherently better than light skin. So that's the other big factor in why colorism does not go both ways. Because let's use the example of pulling a light-skinned girl's hair, right? So you have a, a dark-skinned girl in class, you know, say y'all in eighth grade, and the dark-skinned girl pulled your hair and says, I hate you because you think you all that. Okay? That is wrong. I do not condone that behavior. <laughs> However, it's not reverse colorism. Because colorism is the belief that one skin, one skin tone or people with certain skin tones are inherently better, are inherently superior to people with darker skin tones. Okay? And so even though it's wrong, it's not right for the dark skin girl to pull your hair, she's not doing it because she thinks you are inherently inferior. She's doing it because she resents the privilege that comes with having lighter skin and long hair. That's a very important distinction, right? Colorism is rooted in the belief that darker skin is inferior and that lighter skin is inherently better than. And so if a dark skin person is mean to a light skin person, they're not mean to you because they're saying, oh, you're inherently inferior to me. They're taking that out as a form of resentment or animosity or anger that you are seen as better than. It's a response to the system that says you are better than dark-skinned people because you're light-skinned, right? Like that's what colorism is. And so people who are angry about that, they are not perpetuating a reverse system. They're not inverting it to say, oh, well, dark-skinned people are superior now and we're gonna you know, oppress light-skinned people because y'all are just inherently worse than us. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. And so you can't say it's a reverse system. Similarly, people can, I've seen light-skinned people, especially light-skinned women, complain that they'll go out for casting calls and that, you know, they'll be told, well, we'll not, we're not casting any light-skinned women. Or this magazine issue is gonna only, we're only accepting dark-skinned women in this magazine. And, and they'll say that that's reverse colorism, but it's not. It's not reverse colorism because if a magazine, for example, says we're only going to cast dark-skinned models, they're not making that choice because they think dark-skinned models are inherently superior and that light-skinned models are less than, are less attractive, are less beautiful. They're making that decision to rectify the generation's worth of inadequate representation of dark-skinned people and the over-representation of lighter-skinned people. Completely different genesis for those things. When dark-skinned people have been excluded from churches, from universities, from societies, from neighborhoods, from um, media outlets, that was rooted in the belief, the white supremacist belief, that lighter skin and European phenotypes were inherently better were inherently more beautiful, were inherently more professional, and that people with darker skin were inherently less than, were inherently and innately not trustworthy, not beautiful, not good enough, right? That's what colorism is. And so if someone says, we're gonna reserve 
this opportunity for dark-skinned people because they have historically been denied access to these spaces, that's affirmative action. That's not colorism. And so light-skinned people who understand affirmative action should be able, it's not a big stretch to be able to understand that reserving opportunities for dark-skinned people is a form of affirmative action because of the history, the ongoing, the ongoing legacy of excluding dark-skinned people from opportunities. <laughs> I know I'm getting like passionate. Let me calm down a little, take a few breaths and read these comments. Um, JB1710 says, understood. I sure hope this word and work reaches the masses. Taking notes, this is so good. Thank you. Um, listen, come talk, come talk for me, LOL. You say it so much more eloquently. <laughs> Issa Trey says, I know sometimes you make analogies to celebs, but I don't want to make this about celebs. Brown skinned girl intentionally and only mentions dark skinned folks. Naomi, Kelly, Roland, Lupita, and people were. Um, genuinely upset and felt excluded by that. I truly wonder why that is when lighter folks are represented in a positive light in almost every form of media. Yes, exactly, um, Issa Trey. And people were mad about Black Panther. Um, I had a, a light-skinned girl send me a DM saying how if there were a movie like Black Panther where all the all the stars were light-skinned, people would have been up in arms about it. And I'm saying, that's the standard. The standard is to have a film with only light-skinned people in it, i.e. in the heights, okay? And so reserving, carving out space to celebrate the historically uncelebrated is not reverse colorism. It's just not. So those are two things that people call reverse colorism, right? They say, oh, dark-skinned people were mean to me because I'm light-skinned equals reverse colorism. And even changing the language, right? If light-skinned people start saying, dark skin, this dark-skinned person was mean to me because of my light-skinned privilege, then we might be able to advance the conversation. Because that's the other thing too. Like if, if you experience like animosity or backlash or some kind of like, resentful treatment from a dark-skinned person, start saying it's not just because I'm light-skinned. Acknowledge it's because I have light-skinned privilege. Now again, I part of what I do is to work with dark-skinned people to find healthier coping strategies and not take it out on individual people. But on the other side, we need light-skinned people to acknowledge that it's not randomly just because I'm light-skinned and they just don't like light-skinned for whatever reason. I don't know why that reason would be. be. Be real about it. It's because your light skin affords you lots of opportunities and validation and acknowledgement and fair treatment that they do not get. Again, they don't have to mistreat you because of that. So I, I, I have to keep saying that because, you know, y'all read the comments under my post on Sunday. People will also um, ignore this conversation because they say, well, say, well, it's not right. It's not right. I'm not saying it's not right. I'm saying it's also not colorism. Okay. Um, all right. So that's, that's that. And I think we can just let that marinate. I think I've said enough, hopefully. 
I'm gonna write a blog post about it and so I'll be able to like choose my words more precisely in the blog post. Um, but yeah, and I, as far as um, celebrity culture, I understand why people want to use that as an analogy because it's so visible, because it's a reference point that a large majority of people can refer to and relate to Issa Trey. So I appreciate you adding that in as an extra example. All right, folks. Um, I feel like there's more I wanted to say, but I didn't want to just like read my notes, right? Because it's so much. I didn't want to just like read it word for word, but I think I got my big three points across. Um, thank you. Now nah, I'm just pretty. Lavanda, you are needed too. But yeah, DM me about what whatever that is, whatever conversation you're having where people are gaslighting you. Let me know because I will show up for you, okay? You do not have to deal with that conversation alone <laughs> by any means. I'm more than happy to, if you want to dial me up, I can give you my cell phone number, dial me up and be like, well, let me let you just talk to Dr. Webb because... I feel like um, that's part of the work we have to do as well. And so for any light-skinned people who get it, right? I know so, so many light-skinned people follow my page. So many light-skinned people are part of the Colorism Healing family, right? And y'all, like, y'all are just dope, dope folks, right? And I think that's another form of allyship, right? It's like, okay, this dark-skinned person is being gaslighted in the moment. Um, if you need to, if you want to call me and I'll break it down, I'll respond to the person who's trying to play devil's advocate on your behalf so that you can not raise your, have your blood pressure go up through the roof, right? Like that's a form of allyship. And so we need to be there for each other, regardless of what, um, you know, a, a dark skinned person can do that for another dark skinned person, a light skinned person can do that for a dark skinned person. But yeah, the, because I, and I'm saying that to Lavana because I know what it's like to be in that moment. And really, that's part of the health, the health disparities, right? It's like all of the stress of that, like what you are having to deal with in those moments with that gaslighting and the, the um, personal attacks, like being told, oh, you're just jealous or you're playing the victim. Like that is adding to physical stress, emotional, mental, psychological, and physical stress, right? Really your blood pressure, hypertension, like all that stuff is contributing to negative health outcomes for you. And so, yeah, dial my number if anybody's ever gaslighting you. And that goes for other folks too, right? <laughs> um, Essa says, thank you for eloquently saying this. I've heard reverse colorism or discrimination and you have given me language to respond to that. Yeah, that's my goal, folks. Really, my goal is to help people who just want clarity around this issue. Because I already know that the folks who don't want to believe me just don't want to believe me. Like I know there are people who just do not care how articulate I am. They don't care what analogies I use. They don't care how well I break down the issue. Like they just don't want to change their position. And so I'm never here for those people. I'm here for the people who have some understanding, but they want language. They have some understanding, but they want the analogy or they want a little bit more clarity on something that they're already starting to understand, right? So I'm glad to hear that. 
Um, Janelle Crutch, she is legit telling the truth. I called her mid-panel on Zoom and she helped me through on what to say. That That's true, yes. <laughs> um, all right, thank y'all so much. So to the people who engage, like I said, I know not everyone is going to always agree with me. Or like, there are things I might say, you're like, oh, that was kind of off, you know, or I'm not, I'm kind of iffy on what Dr. Webb said, but I appreciate you always like, hearing me out right just the fact that you're that the people who are watching this the people who um comment on my posts the fact that y'all are even listening regardless of you know whether you agree or not i am humbled and it just means so much like there is no way in the world i'm doing colorism healing for myself like it's it's all about y'all so without y'all there is no dr webb basically you know what i mean um all right love y'all so much <laughs> i hope this video is a good source um that you can share with anyone if they if this conversation ever comes up and you want to send this link to them or send them my email address and i'm happy to engage okay take care Love y'all. I'll be back next week for some other topic. Who knows? <laughs> you know, some people are mad about whatever I say. So I guess I just need to say what I got to say on that, you know? All right. Let me, let me be quiet. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Love y'all. <laughs>